The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live back from the other place in my house, and I'm happier. Um, thrilled to be here with you guys this morning on this Thursday morning. Um, this is the February 11th, 2021. Can anybody believe? And I'm, I'm wearing my red all this week because it's we're celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend, and I'm sending all of you big hugs and love. I, I know that everybody thinks of Valentine's Day as being this big romantic holiday, and I say pshaw to that. It's about self-love and about loving everybody that we care about. Don't uh, It doesn't need to be about romantic love. So whether you have a romantic squeeze to squeeze, or you're squeezing yourself, or you're squeezing your kiddos, it's I think it's about love and self-love first. Because uh, what what is it that RuPaul always says? Uh, if you can't love yourself, can't love nobody else, right? Something like that. Uh, I'm misquoting RuPaul. So there we go. Uh, thrilled to be here with you. We're going to be live for the next hour. We've got some great guests for you. I'm really excited about the topic today and everything that we're going to be talking about, but that's a little bit later on. But we do want you to know that this entire show is meant to be interactive. We want to hear from you. We want to know your thoughts, your feelings, your questions, your concerns. This is a safe space in which to put out whatever you got going on today. We are live right now on many different platforms. Uh, the big four, as I like to refer to them, we're live right now on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. And on any of those platforms, if you would like to interact with us, all you have to do is type in on that platform and it'll show up here. I don't have to go aggregate it anymore. We absolutely love that and wanna thank Restream for making that possible for us. But we are also live on several other platforms. We're welcoming all of you. We've, we so enjoyed the interaction with those of you on Vaughn Live and on many other uh, sites this week. It's been super fun having you guys with us and we hope that you'll continue to write in and be with us. Our mission here is to provide information and inspiration to the autism community. And when I say autism community, I'm talking about the larger autism community. I know a lot of times people go, who is this show for? Um, and it's a great question. It's a valid question. So this show, we always say it's for the larger autism community that starts with all individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Of course, they are the beating heart of our community. And obviously they're, they are our entire reason why we welcome you. If you are a member of that community, we want to hear your voice. We want for you to have a place to speak up in whatever platform, whatever way is convenient for you to communicate your thoughts and needs, right? Doesn't have to be vocal. We've had many people on the show that that is not their mode of communication. But we also welcome and include in that community 
everyone who loves those individuals, because um, we know that together, with all of us together, that we have a large voice and we can accomplish more and that we have needs in this community. And that if we can support the person who is supporting the person, we will get there faster. That is my belief anyway. So whether you are a parent, teacher, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, significant other of any kind, or uh, someone who just has a friend that you love dearly on the autism spectrum, then we welcome you to this community and we will agree that we will not agree on everything, right? That would be impossible. How could such a huge, beautiful, diverse group of people agree on everything? There is no way that we could. But that's okay. We can we can listen to each other and we can put out information and be respectful of each other's needs, wants, and desires, and hopefully help to propel the cause of having individuals on, around the autism spectrum have the resources and the rights and the dignity that should always have been afforded to them and should be afforded to them today. So that's what we're about here. And um, we welcome anybody who brings a voice to that and who wants to see positive things happen for individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Now, we do welcome experts on this show all the time. It's very important to me that we have experts available to you that you can ask questions. By the way, I didn't mention that if you wanna watch our show in podcast, we are on all all of the major podcasting platforms, and we are a free download, whether it's iTunes, Apple Music, Google Music, Spotify, Deezer, Ghana, the list goes on. So look for us on your podcasting platforms. If you don't see us there for some reason, please alert us to that because we want to be where you can find us. We just want to be there for you for free. That's been a very important thing for me over the last 10 years is to make sure that this information is available to you wherever you need it, whenever you need it, at no cost to you. Woohoo to that, right? Um, and as I was saying, we have experts who are on the show. I'm not one of them. And I always like to remind you that while I have a very strident voice and I have many opinions, and I like to say that they're kind of informed opinions because I've been hosting shows about autism in a journalistic uh way for well over a decade. So maybe I have an informed opinion, but I think that's a little, you know, a matter of point of view, right? Um, but I'm not an expert. And I just always want to remind you of that. I, my role here is that I want to connect you to the things that you want to be connected to. Why? Because when my son was two and a half, he was diagnosed with autism. And I didn't know what to do, where to go, who to talk to, who to trust. And I felt overwhelmed. Um, and early on, I said, why isn't there a place where I can go where I can feel like I can ask a question and that I won't be ridiculed for asking the question. And I wanted to be available like at two in the morning because that's the only time I had available. So that is, that's who I am. And I want to be your cheerleader. I want to support you, uh, whoever you are in this community. I want to support you to do, be able to do the things that you want to be able to do and um, to give you the inspiration to find it if it isn't there or create it if it isn't there, right? So that's, that's who I am. Don't confuse me as one of the experts though, okay? Deal. Now, on Thursdays, we like to start the show with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani nani are those experts talking about? What does it mean? How do we get our heads wrapped around this? Is it even useful? 
And I guarantee you, if it's a jargon term that we uh, do here on the show, it's because I think it's really useful and it's going to save you time and money. For me, that's the litmus test. There are some jargon terms. The funny thing is that more and more people, somebody wrote in the other day and said, thank you. You know, I use these to study to get my BCBA. And, and I'm like, that is crazy, but crazy good. But now we have all these uh, BCBA and BCBA programs writing in and saying, hey, can you cover this jargon term? And sometimes it's something that would only be used in a room where, you know, the psychologists are talking. So I really don't go there because um, I think these are terms that we should all know to be able to help ourselves, help our students, help, help our kiddos, right? Uh, these are terms that we're going to hear and are useful if we will take the time to learn them. Uh, so I'm sorry, BCBAs, but you know, we're not, we're not running a BCBA study program here. Although we love it when you do use us to study. It's, it's high irony. In any case, here's a term that you're going to hear over and over and over again. It's very useful to know what this means. So first we give you the actual definition. Then whenever possible, I make fun of the actual definition, guilty as charged, um, because really other than that, there's not much you can do with it, right? And then we move on to a working definition, which sometimes makes the experts break out into hives. That's just an added bonus. Uh, I love the experts. I don't mean to make it sound like I don't love them, but you know, it's, they make us all like, uh, when, when they use the jargon. So I, I sort of enjoy it when we do that back to them uh, a little bit. Uh, and then, then I try to give it to you in context so that you get, gain a better understanding of it, but please be gentle with yourself. Don't get frustrated. If you don't get it right now, that's okay. Cause you will get it after a couple of times hearing it and a couple of times seeing it. At some point, you have that magical moment where you go, oh, I get it. I get what they're talking about there. So the other day, uh, we did expressive language, and we promised that we would do receptive language. It's very hard to do one without the other. So we did talk about it a little bit the other day. But receptive language is our jargon of the day. Traven, let's go ahead and take a look at what our actual definition is. Let's see what we can make fun of. Receptive language, the process of attending to communication, spoken or non-vocal, comprehending the communication and being able to react appropriately within a, spe a specified time parameter, even when what is being conveyed contains multiple facets. Like how convoluted could you get this to be? Now, the great thing about this definition is that it's a little highbrow, but we kind of understand what they're getting at here, although there are, there are parts of it, it's like, wait a second, what you're referring to here? How, uh, you know, specified time parameter, what you're talking about, Willis? So let's move on to our working definition and let's see if we can't hone in on this so that we can really understand what they were talking about there. So re receptive language is the child or the individual's ability to understand what is being said to them. But I want to refer back to some of the things in the actual definition, because sometimes we get a little too black and white about this, right? Well, if I say stop and the child knows to stop, then they completely, their receptive language is great. But let's remember that language and communication isn't just vocal. I think the world likes to paint it as if, you know, speaking is everything, but we know B.F. Skinner told us that a much more than half of communication that we receive is not vocal. That I was saying the other day that, you know, as a teacher, when I was a former teacher here, when I would like pull my glasses down and do this to a student, 
then that was one way of saying stop, right? And it was less disruptive because I didn't, you know, everybody's writing on their, their thing. And if I go stop, then everybody's head comes up, right? But a well-placed, you know, looking down my nose in the glasses with one eyebrow arched at a student is another way of going, I see you, knock it off, right? Um, we also can point to somebody and that is communication too. And I think we all have different, uh, I don't think, I know we all have different levels of receptive language, right? But it's our ability to take in information. This is all gonna feed very well in with our guests today. Wait till you see. Um, I know that for me, hand gestures, I don't really understand them very well. I always say that I wanna go take a, a class with SWAT to understand all the little hand gestures that they do when they're, they're like, you know, on TV shows saying, you know, two people go around this. I don't understand it at all. And you would think, well, Shannon, really, how much of that do you need to understand? But go to Disneyland and try to park in the parking lot and not understand hand gestures. I'm always holding up the line because I have to roll down the window and go, what is it you want me to do? I don't understand what this is, right? <laughs> because I don't. And, you know, I'm a fairly uh, communicative individual on this planet, but for whatever reason, that is not my strong suit. And I think we all have, when we look at, and again, reminder that we talked about expressive language. So expressive language is what goes this way. It's my ability to communicate, not just vocally, but my ability to communicate using my whole body and my voice in my case, not in everybody's case, right? And receptive is my ability to take in all of the ways that someone expresses themselves. And we, our expressive language and our receptive language are not equal and even. Some people are stronger and expressive. Some people are stronger and receptive. Some people are strong at some aspects of expressive language, but not others. Like I'm very good at high scores in expressive language, but ending a conversation, which is also expressive, not my strong suit. That's uh, why Draven has to like, tell me, Shannon, we're 12 minutes past when you were supposed to end the show because I don't know how to end the con I'm better, I'm better and I can get better. But on the receptive side, you know, uh, being able to understand all ways that somebody is communicating. You know, you might be able to hear and interpret what somebody's being able to say, but do you understand body language? Oh, whole other aspect of this, right? Do you understand when somebody is looking at you and, and they've got a look on their face that's, you know, they're a little disappointed with you. Do you have the ability to read what is on someone's face and interpret that. Because first of all, you have to see the configuration and understand, oh, I've seen that face before. That's when somebody is disappointed or that's when somebody's happy or that's when somebody who's sad. So wait till you see how we're gonna put this all together with our guests today. Receptive language, it's really important. If you don't, there's so many ways that if you don't have enough receptive uh, skills that things can be misinterpreted and we can find ourselves dealing with problems um, that we wouldn't otherwise have to deal with. So when you're in a school setting, they will always talk about the student's receptive and expressive language and which one is stronger. As a teacher, I love knowing that. That's such good information. And you know, I used to go to IEP meetings and I lament now that they didn't often enough talk about this because as a teacher, if you tell me, 
this person's expressive language is higher than their receptive. I know how to teach to that. I know exactly what I need to do to be able to make that student be able to learn the information. If you tell me the opposite, the receptive is higher than their expressive, I'm gonna go at it a different way, but I wanna arrive in the same place. I wanna teach my student. So knowing these things, super uber helpful. Don't be reticent to um, get these tests done in the right context. Um, don't pull them out of math class to do it. But um, to have these studies done to test their expressive and receptive language, and then to know what the results are and teach based on the results. You always wanna teach to a strength and shore up the weakness. You don't ignore the weakness, but you don't keep teaching somebody to their weakness and go, I don't know why they're not getting it. That's not a way to teach. All right, so I love receptive language. Moving on, we always have a question of the day for you. And our question today is what is your favorite sound? Like, I think we all have sounds that make us happy and sounds that are like, I really can't deal with it. Um, I love music, but not all music, right? Uh, I love the sound of babies laughing. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful sound that is. I love the sound of my son laughing. You could like, I could be having the worst day ever, but if you played me uh, a, a tape or a, you know, the, a sound file of my son laughing, I would immediately be filled with joy. Um, and so I asked, I ask you, what is your favorite sound? What do you absolutely love? And part of the reason why I want to talk about this is because we all have preferences. First of all, baseline, we all have preferences. But now that you've thought about that for yourself, what is your favorite sound? What are the favorite sounds for your significant others? And are you using that to play to your, to the, your strengths and their strengths? Valentine's Day is coming. And, you know, we just were talking about how spread some love on all the people in your life that you love. Don't worry so much about if you've got somebody to be romantic with, great. But that isn't the whole of Valentine's Day. Um, you know, how do you make the people in your life feel loved. And we really want to consider that everybody has their love language, but everybody has their senses too. And that um, if we make a full sensory experience for somebody, it includes sounds that they love and eliminating sounds that they don't love, right? Because we all have that too. I, I love that the autism community has forced all of us to look at sensory input in a very specific way. I know in my life, I'm somebody who's very sensory sensitive. And I always thought, Oof, you know, that's just me. And boy, I really fit in when I'm talking to my friends who are self-advocates, adults. And, and when we start talking about sensory stuff and they'll always say to me, oh, girl, you, you got some sensory stuff. <laughs> I know, but I don't qualify for autism, but I've got some sensory sensitivities, you know? And I think as a, as, as a group, humanity, if we start to recognize that there are senses that our people love and sensory experiences that they don't love, we will be a happier group of people. So what's your favorite sound? What's the favorite sound of the people that you love? What makes them happy? because you can use it to your advantage. 
somebody's having a bad day, we put on the music or the sounds that they love, we can turn things around. Okay, um, so we always have a topic of the week and our topic this week is steam valves. Whew, everybody take a breath. Um, we are in a place where we have been in a worldwide pandemic now for really a year because this time last year, Italy was closing down and Wuhan was already, you know, closed down. So a year, we've been here for a year. You might not have been in lockdown for a year, but we're coming up to that mark, right? Where things have been different and it's been hard. And we've all been forced to look at our lives in different ways and to cope in different ways and to have some of our coping strategies taken away. And, you know, I don't know about you, but it's kind of like this, you know, where sometimes I go, we're doing great. We've got this under control. And then the next day, whap, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> this is terrible. This is going to end, right? So I think it's important. Um, and that's just me. That's not even talking about my kiddo, right? <laughs> just me. Roller coaster ride. So it's important for us to have steam valves and to give our loved ones steam valves. You gotta have a way to blow the smoke off. You know, I've been a big fan this year of making sure that we make something physical. It's gotta be something physical. I, I put, we put the, tre uh, the treadmill in the middle, middle of our living room and in the beginning people thought we were crazy and I say crazy smart. And I, I know more friends that have, you know, bit the bullet and bought some sort of exercise equipment and put it right smack in the middle of their, the place where they spend the most of their time, right? And not necessarily in front of the television set, but you know, because it is a steam valve. It may not be everybody's steam valve, but everybody needs a steam valve. You need a safe way to blow some of it off that doesn't hurt anybody, um, that doesn't hurt yourself. So be thinking about that as we're talking today, because I think, you know. We've got great guests who are going to be talking about something really fun and exciting that is going to help grow skills in people, but also could potentially be uh, a steam valve, um, because I think any time that we're able to do something and learn something, sometimes that takes the pressure off. So what's your steam valve? What's your steam valve? Are you using steam valves? Have you thought it out for yourself and for your loved ones? And and. And are you recognizing the signs of when it's like, oh, stop everything. We got to blow some smoke off because it has to happen, my friends. Okay. So today on the show, we're very excited. We've been talking about doing this for a while, but we're finally here. We are welcoming two fabulous guests. We have David Zeldin, who is with us, and Scott Badish, who are with us. And these are two amazing gentlemen. Uh, I will tell you that I'm having trouble with all of my files, so I'm speaking completely off the cuff here. But Scott, I have known for a very long time. Scott is the former president of the Autism Society of America. He's been on the show before and has had a long, illustrious career in the field of autism, helping families, uh, certainly in the United States, but around the world, to find and access services. So we welcome Scott back to the show. Um, and, and I should say that this is this is Scott's idea of retirement now. <laughs> we knew Scott wasn't going hey, in. I, I don't have a tie on. Look at you. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bless you. And all I can say is bless your wife because we all knew, Scott, that you weren't going to be able to retire and go away because you can't, how could you do that? That's just not a possibility for you. Uh, but then we're also, 
welcoming uh, David Zeldin here to talk with us. And David, I apologize because you sent me beautiful information about you and I can't pull it up on my computer and I don't know why. So I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your background and then we're going to talk about this new, hot, fabulous thing that you are working on, uh, a mode of play that is available to our viewers. So David, forgive me and tell us a little bit about your background. I can't hear you though, David. Do you have your sound on? Can you unmute yourself? Well, uh, while he is paused for a second, because well, David, we aren't able to hear you. And Traven, any help that you can give uh, David, to, David to figure out why we can't hear him. Scott, I want you to wax poetic a little bit about David because he's an amazing sure. guy. Tell us a little bit about David. Well, first of all, I want to tell you what my favorite sound is. A belly laugh from a baby who's crying. Right. <laughs> laughs. I, I, you know, when you thought that. And um, so it's great to see you again. And um, I, I, as I said, I'm loving retirement, but my wife doesn't love me being around the house from nine to five. So I, <laughs> I, I, I've gotten involved in things. But um, David is with a company called Emotoplay, which um, is. And of course, now he's frozen. Uh, this is not it's like, what is wrong with the universe? My computer's not working. Scott's frozen and David can't be heard. This is what we call live programming. Uh, so uh, I, uh, so uh, our host is talking to David to see if we can get his, or, or, um, okay. I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to talk a little bit of, oh, now we have Scott back. Okay. Scott, you froze. Okay. I'm sorry. Tell us about a motor play. The motor play. Is, David, are you on now? Can you guys hear me now? Yes. So David. Oh, it's exciting. David is uh, a motor play, and he's one of their um, so. sales and management people. And um, he and I have developed a friendship over the last uh, year. And I, um, I suggested he talk, tell let more people know about this great product. So I said, you know, this is great. And Shannon, before I go. One of the benefits of retirement is I get to watch your show regularly. And, and I want oh. to tell you, um, it's nice to have the time, but you've taught me a lot. Um, and your guests have taught me a lot, but it's just your way of making me think things. Like even this question of what's your favorite laugh? That, that, what's your sound? That's such a wonderful thing. You know, I'm going to, tonight at dinner, I'm going to ask my wife that. And, but it's really the service you're providing is really, I always knew it, but now, I'm benefiting, but thank you. So I'll be with Well, that. that's very sweet. Well, thank and thank you, Scott. And don't go too far because we, no, you know, I'm you you helped us to connect. Okay. So yeah. David, I'm so glad that we Hello. can hear from you now. Tell us first a little yes. bit about you, David, and then we want to talk about Compedia and Emotoplay. You got it. Okay. So first of all, glad that you can hear me. And uh, before I even talk about myself, I do have to, you know, answer your question about my favorite sound because okay. when, I, when you asked it, I'm thinking, you know, People ask, you know, what's your favorite color? What's your... It's not usually a, a question that you get. So I'd have to go with Mariah Carey, when she hits those high notes when she was in her prime. Um, those are my, uh, that'll always, I don't know, that really, uh, that works. I get you. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. But now, David, so, we're, 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 scintillate, it's, we're, we're simmering with anticipation. Tell us a little bit about you. So, so I am uh, I I am in sales and marketing for about 25 30 years in uh, Israel. I came here about 30 years ago and uh, did an MBA. Uh, 
and have ever since been in the tech arena here, which has uh, really um, blossomed and become a really central part of our economy over the past uh, 20, 30 years. And I am now with a company called Emotiplay, um, which is a part of Compedia. Compedia is a company that's uh, been in ed tech for over 30 years. And they established themselves as coming out with a lot of like, um, actually these, uh, these floppy disks, if you guys remember those. Um, they did uh, floppy disks and diskettes and uh, CD-ROMs with uh, cute, adorable characters like uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost, Bob the Builder, and really um, made, made, a, made a lot of waves um, in the educational technology uh, sector. Um, today, obviously, we're not doing CD-ROMs, we're not doing any of that, and we've, uh, we've moved into uh, everything is online and SaaS-based and cloud-based. And what we're going to talk about today is Emotiplay, which is a really revolutionary um, approach that is uh, research-based, and uh, a lot of uh, very big leaders in the field were behind this. Um, and what it's doing is it's really helping uh, kids on the spectrum learn about emotions in a, in a way that was never done before, because we are using and taking advantage of all the media. We're, we're dealing with um, not just, you know, photos, but also video. And, you know, you talked about uh, sound, so we do, we talk about tone and um, pitch and really in every possible way, going in every possible direction, teach the kids how to um, identify and how to, and how to learn. So here you actually see a picture um, the idea is, of course, not to, you know, put the child in front of the computer by themselves and just have them, uh, you know, go through it like, uh, you know, and get too immersed in the, in, in, in the actual program. But it's actually being used with um, therapists, with parents, with, uh, with siblings, with friends. And the idea is to really um, work as a team. To, to learn about emotions, to understand facial expressions, to understand body language, to understand, um, you know, different uh, tones and to be able to express themselves um, and also talking about actually what they're feeling inside of themselves and being able to uh, express it. Uh, we use like cute characters um, to do this, but I do want to uh, emphasize that the actual faces and the actual, when we're actually teaching about uh, the emotions, those are real. They're always going to be real people, real faces, um, you know, real voices, not um, the, the cartoon type of things are used to talk about it. But when we give examples, it's always going to be with uh, with the real thing. Wonderful. And so we have a clip um, that as long as Trayvon is ready to do it, I think it'd be great if we showed the clip that tells a little bit about play, and then we'll come back and talk about how you guys got involved in this space and we'll delve in a little bit. Does that sound good? Okay, so Trayvon, roll tape, please. Emotiplay develops advanced technologies for children with autism spectrum disorders and related conditions. Hello, hello. I'm delighted to see you. Welcome to Emoti Team. Emoti Team is a unique program to help autistic children aged 4 to 11 recognize and understand emotions. The program is designed for the child to work with an adult mediator such as a parent, teacher or therapist. Or alternatively, the child can work with a group of his peers. 
The program Core Content was developed in collaboration with an international team of top experts from leading universities. Emoti Team is a structured program based on the latest scientific evidence. It includes the following elements. Dozens of video lessons. Practice activities. Integrative activities. Hands-on social interaction tasks. Learning by doing. Interactive quizzes and tests. Tools to support team learning. The program's core content has been tested and validated in clinical trials by researchers in several countries. How wonderful! See you later! Okay, wonderful. So now we know a little bit more about it. But so I guess, my, I, you know, obviously you explained that um, Compedia is a, a place that has been dealing with education, but I guess I want to know what spurred them to specifically want to get into this space, David? Why? Why working with individuals with autism and why work on emotion? So what happened was, uh, was one of the actual, actually it was one of the employees there and one of their kids was, uh, was diagnosed with autism. And um, they were actually looking for something to teach their kid about emotions and to uh, work with them. And they realized very quickly that there was really nothing really out there that they were they were able to you know get their hands on that was dealing in, in a really comprehensive way so um they turned to one of the professors um in israel um and a consortium was actually formed so there's uh there's a few different universities uh cambridge in the uk Barilan in israel karolinska in sweden um autism europe ended up also getting involved in, in compedia was the um the, the the entity that was putting it all together and actually doing making the actual program um so the research was done um in th like like uh, the video just said in three different countries and um, but the the impetus to this was personal at the end of the day it was something that the company um, started to uh, look into and other people in the company got involved obviously and um that's uh that's how we got the spin-off of uh emotiplay that's how it was born Wonderful. And Scott, you can attest to the fact that this is an area where uh, parents of individuals on the autism spectrum have, have long said this is an issue, right? Having our children recognize emotion in other people, in themselves, um, because if they don't have that, we, I think that most parents are, will say, when you talk to them about what do you need, they'll talk about how they want their child to self-regulate. But self-regulation doesn't come unless you understand what it is to begin with, right? Talk a little bit about your experience with, with this and parents needing something like this. Well, you know, and just on a very personal basis, I think as you know and others, you've heard me speak, I am, um, my oldest son who just turns 30, got 30, I'm trying to think 35 next week, <laughs> 34, 34, I'm sorry. He, um, he's on the spectrum and like, any parent of a child with autism or not, it hurts you when your kid has something to say that they can't say. I mean, and, and this is not so much a nonverbal, but it's just, you know, when a little baby's sick and they, and they can't tell you what hurts, it, it really bothers you, but it's also bothering the person. What, what I saw in my career, and I see it with my son, and I see it with a lot of people, is that the, the, that understanding their emotions in the way to describe if they're angry, if they're sad, if they're hurting, um, if, if they're confused, is often difficult. Um, and as you said, 
reading other people's faces so that if I was mad, it was my son picking that up. Um, if, if, if my son interacted with a policeman, um, could, he, could he read the body language and, and realize, okay, this is something I need to be related to. So I always wondered in my career, how do you teach kids emotions? I did it with my son. You know, I mean, we had to spend time and, you know, and, and like any person, there'd be meltdowns when the frustration got to such a level. But once he was either able to point or, or, or verbally tell us or even write something, you know, that he was sad. And, and then when we, we got into why are you sad, but then when, when David and, and, and the people from Moda play and I started talking, I said, this would be wonderful. I wish I had this from when my son was young. Um, I even think, even though it's, it's aimed for kids up to eight years old, I think, you know, a lot of people, I mean, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of us who may not pick up emotions as easy. But what, what I've seen with this program is it's, it's a good way for a parent or, or a therapist or a teacher to gain the trust of a child and say, look, it, it, I'm a safe person. You could tell me you're scared. You could tell me you're worried. You could tell me you're not feeling good. Um, but emotions, you know, it, it, it's, you know, I mean, it's emotions are, could be sometimes if a kid doesn't let their emotions know, it could get risky. So what, what's good about this is it helps the kid self-learn in, in a way that they would not learn if they didn't have the device. Um, last thing I would just say is that, you know, each of us as a parent, you know, our kids, we could control how much our kids interact with people. But the reality is you don't know who they go to school, they're interacting with people, the bus driver, they're interacting, kids on the bus, you know, um, how they could say, you know, an example, if there's a bully on the bus, and they're afraid, how do they share to the parent or this teacher or the therapist or anyone that they're afraid? And, and um, what this does is, is um, it, it helps the kid understand. Um, there's, there's a case that maybe I'm not trying to see Thunder David, of someone who was using it and the kid would go to the train station every day. Uh, a train, it's in Europe. Um, and he just liked the train stations. Well, some, I might get this wrong, David, I do correct me. Someone at the train station thought this was, what's this kid doing? And kind of made it look like he shouldn't be here. Well, he didn't know how to deal with it. He used the motion thing and he kind of said, okay, I know how to deal with it. Someone may understand why is this kid always at the train station sitting there? You know, he may be looking at his iPad or whatever, but he was able to explain to his mom and his dad and the therapist in this case that I, I, I love going to the train station, but I get an emotional thing by the way, this woman keeps looking at me. She must be working there or something. I got to deal with that. Well, Momota Play taught her how to, taught the child how to deal with it, so that he was able to go to the train station, which was a safe place for him to enjoy it. So, the results are great. It, it was developed by some leading experts that are well known internationally. It's a process. It's a program that's continuous. You know, how many more emotions do we bring in? How do we help it when a kid says they're sad? How how can they self regulate sad? Well, let's. Let's talk about that because I want to know from David. So what? So we, I think we all agree this is important to have yeah. a tool like this to do this and to teach this. So how? What? What is the program like? How does it teach? So first of all, it's 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 a, it's a relatively it's a structured program. So in other words, um, we just did an onboarding with one of the um, with um, with the center 
Um, it's a rather large center and we were on board, boarding a lot of therapists and, and what they said to us after we showed them, we had them actually go into the program and look at it. And first of all, it's structured and it's teaching about, you know, um, emotions of the of facial expressions of, of, of body language of the voice, what I'm feeling inside. And then it goes through about, um, seven right now, different emotions, but we're adding another five. And of course we're adding um, anxiety because we have a special thing for COVID. Um, so that, that, was, uh, that was a request that was coming out from a lot of people. Um, but the, the, what, what a lot of therapists and people who are working with it say is that it's just very simple and intuitive. You go into it, um, you, you, know, you, you start, there's a video, it teaches the kid about the emotion. It then there's a there's some quizzes now what's really cool about it is you know you go out of the program so it's not again it's not a computer program you're not like just you know glued to the computer you're told you know there's things to print up you you go do activities you make others uh, group activities and and, and uh project-based learning and, and collaborative learning so you know and it's also can even be used on zoom so for example one of the activities is you know in, in non-COVID times, sit in a circle, make everybody happy, do something without touching them to make them happy. And uh, you could take pictures of it and upload it. And this I'll get into in a second, but um, now in, in COVID, this is something that can be done on a Zoom therapy session with a few kids and, you know, try and make each other laugh or, or what makes you sad, you know, different, different ways that you can actually work together. So it takes them through um, structured way, teaching them about it, quizzing them about it. But then the important thing is, you know, with any learning, no matter who you are, you learn things much better when you are active, you're doing something. So you take a picture, you take a video, you do a, you do a group activity, then it really sinks in. Um, one of the things that's important to mention is that it's not necessarily, you know, just go through it once and boom, you, you've got emotions down pat. Um, what we're finding is, you know, the repetition is also important and also helpful. Again, it's very individual. You know, some of the kids will pick it up uh, after once, twice, and other kids will, uh, you know, are going to be using it for a couple of years. But um, at the end of the day, this is um, the, the the it's a very you know structured way to learn about it. And I just want to add something that's um, really cool. That was a uh, feedback that we weren't expecting. It came out of like, you know, I don't know. We just it was uh, sometimes you learn things about the program that you didn't quite know, and. Um, so it, it, one of the places that they're using it, um, they were teaching, the, there's, a, there's a collaboration area and you can actually, it almost looks like a Facebook, it's a feed and you upload stuff and the kids in the group can, you know, there's controls obviously, but you can have them see each other or not see each other, whatever the therapist or the, the parents prefer. And, um, but you know, you can comment on, on other things and like them and, and say, you know, you look really happy here. You look, it's a great sad face. And, so someone said, you know, we use this, the kids, you talked about bullying earlier and it's like, well, the kids, when they're not on social media, we're talking now more like towards teenagers because it is up to uh, 11 and even up. It's, it can be used for older kids just depending on who they are. So when the kids start using social media and, and they're not on it, they're bullied. But then if they do go on it and they use it completely incorrectly or inappropriately because they don't understand, um, then they're bullied, you know, then they're rejected or bullied. So, so this therapist said, you know, I, I can teach the kids about social media and, you know, how to upload things, what things are appropriate, what are not, what kind of comments you make. And it's a safe environment. No one else sees it. If they make a mistake, it's, it's, it's fine. And that was like, wow. And now 
so many people have told us that that's like one of their favorite things about the program. So there's within the program, there's a way for a safe, like a sandbox, uh, so to speak, where where people who are using the the program can go in and interact with each other. Um, I, I love that. Now you mentioned that it's really easy to use for therapists, but also we want to make sure that people know that a parent could do this with their child. How easy is it for a parent, David? <laughs> we don't oh, know what therapists it's know. <laughs> no, it's easy. It's it's easy because you just you know it's it's just set up in a way that it's kind of a uh, it's like almost like a course. You know, you go in the first one, the second one, the third. And you obviously are allowed to jump around and do other things and go back and do them twice. But at the end of the day, it's um, it, it's it's not like you need to be a uh, you know very tech savvy to to do it. If you know how to use your you know if you know how to use uh, your 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 chat on the uh, on your smartphone, you're good to go. You're okay, fine. good. That's a good litmus test. So before we get any further, let's talk about if people have questions or they, they're ready to try it, they're like, give me this, I, I want to know, where do they get it and how much does it cost? Okay, so there is a there is a site, there's a store at emultiplay.com. Um, you can also, if you want to add, and you go there, it's um, um, the, the, the price is Forty dollars um, per month, but um, we can discount it. Anyone who gets it, um, you know, who is from this show, will get it for thirty dollars. Uh, thirty dollars a month. Um, you can also just um, write us as well, um, and and just to you know support at uh, multiplay.com. And if you have questions, if you're not you know quite sure if you want to get it yet or not, you can also just contact us, and we'll uh, we'll we'll you know communicate with you. But Go to a multiplay.com and you can go to the store and it's um and you're good to go. And okay, two but weeks you can free trial, by the way. So you can you can try it out for free for two weeks. Okay. So try it out for two weeks. Um, but if we go to a multiplay.com, uh, mm -hmm. we can also purchase it. But you mentioned that there's a discount. I love this for our viewers. Is do they need to put in a code or do they need to go to support? at emotiplay.com to get, how do they get the discount, David? You just, you just write if they, so for that, for now, we'll, we'll set it up as a store and it'll just be slash, you know, and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it, we'll, we'll get that set up. But in the meantime, okay. they can just um, come to me and just write to support at emotiplay.com and they're, uh, they're good to go. Okay. And make sure they get that discount. So, um, and, and, you know, I got to say, it's very timely right now because there's a lot of people at home who maybe they don't have their usual therapy for various and sundry reasons because of COVID. Maybe they don't have all the support that they would have for, the, for their local resources. Maybe they're not getting as much in their school setting as they would like. Um, so this is something that you, because I'm always saying to people, David, in COVID, you got to do what you can do. Like we can talk about all the things you can't do, but what can you do? So this is something that your child could be doing at home with you uh, yeah. or with, or with, you know, cause I know a lot of people are like, look, Shannon, I'm working and I can't, <laughs> I, you know, I got to sit there while they're doing school. And that's the seventh ring of, you know what? Um, so, but I would think that an older sibling could do this with them too. Or maybe yeah. this is the kind of thing that you, because a lot of people are living with grandma and grandpa in the house right now. 
this is something that grandma or grandpa could do with your child. Um, or it could be something that you do later on at night that's a little fun and a de-stressor um, when you're not working on homework. Because it doesn't, I've looked at it, it doesn't feel like you're working. No, it feels like, no, it's fun. It's fun. I got to be honest, it's got a feel to it that's very like PBS, Disney kind of, you know, that, you know, that, you know, wink, wink, all the stuff where the kids think they're having fun, but you're embedding important skills in them. It's got that sort of feel to it which is pretty much the highest compliment I can give you, David, um, because that's a pretty good company to be in, right? Yeah. So, um, so you guys, you know, this is something that you can be doing. Um, and I really hope that uh, you guys will check it out, even if just try the free trial for two weeks and see if it's something that resonates with your child. Because this is an area that I think gets left out a lot. You know, you a lot of times parents will say, well, you know, what's, what's the big five? You know, I want my child to speak. I want my child to uh, behave. I want my child to be potty trained. Like, you know, the endless list of things that people ask for all the time. But if, if there's anything having to do with behavior, basis of that is self-regulation. And you cannot teach self-regulation unless they understand I am having a feeling right now. And then how about the other side of that? which is perspective taking, which we know is, is one of the core issues with autism and that teaching uh, a, an individual on the spectrum perspective taking will help them succeed in life. And we cannot teach perspective taking. The basis of perspective taking is first understanding that I'm having thoughts and emotions and that you're having thoughts and emotions. How can you teach that until they understand what their thoughts and emotions are and that the other person is having them, and I can interpret them just well, by looking at them. It's kind of brilliant. There's another wonderful part about a mode of play, and that is the, the, the bonding it does between the teacher, be it a parent, a grandparent, your, you know, a neighbor, whatever, and the child, so that the child also knows I could, I, I could share my emotions with a safe person. I mean, most of us, you know, you don't want to say I'm scared. You know, I mean, sometimes or I'm anxious. It's it's hard to say that sometimes uh, for anyone. So the ability for a mom or a dad or a grandpa or grandma or anyone or brother or sister to say it's okay. Did we lose it? He froze so again. I'll continue this thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, for, so first of all, yeah, behave, you know, the emotions are the core to the behavior. If you're not understanding your own emotions, and there was even a story with um, one, one of the mothers said, and this is funny because it's, it's ironic. She, her son came home and said, you know, I'm really angry. And this was, you know, he was in, he was in the uh, group that was, this was during the research st stage, and he was in the group that was using emoji play. And the mother was actually happy that he came home and said, I'm angry. It was the first time he ever expressed an emotion. It wasn't like, I'm happy, it was, I'm angry. Um, but he was angry because something had happened to him at school that day, and he was actually able to express it. And then two weeks later, he even said to his mom, you know, oh, you have an angry face right now. So he he's putting it all together. You know, he knows that's a facial expression, and, and this is how the facial expression looks. That's an angry face. You must be angry. And um, just kind of showing, you know, that it, 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 it First of all, it does work, but that that you're able to channel your your you know yourself and, and express yourself as to what you're actually feeling, and that's uh, it's like you can't just behave well without dealing with 
something that's going on in the core. Um, I also just wanted to add that also we're happy if any therapists also, not just parents, um, you know, if you're a therapist and you want to uh, get more information or use it or do a trial um, at, at your center or whatever, um, we're also just same email, uh, support at emotiveplay.com, and uh, we will uh, we'll set you up and we will help you. Traven, are we able to put that up on the screen, support at emotiveplay.com? Um, we've got Scott back. Scott, Scott, we hear you're having a bad storm yeah, where I'm you are. The, I'm in Chapel Hill and there's a bad storm, a thunder going. So well, I'm, I'm please. apologize. So. No, no, listen, this happens all the time, but please be careful. Do what you need to no, do no, if I, you need I, to take I, cover. I, so there's the uh, email support at emotiveplay.com. Uh, that's where you can go to ask for the discount. But please try um, the the free two week trial. What have you got to lose? Where where else do you have to be during COVID? And and I think you'll find because the other thing where I was going on the you know the big five. The other thing that people always write in and ask us about uh, you know social skills. How can I be working on social skills because I want my child to have friends. And I think that that's the key to a lot of things. I mean, you know, happiness in life is a, in a large part due to the relationships that you have and how successful those are, whether they're friends or people you're romantic with. And all of that is based on first being able to understand your own emotions and others' emotions. So, you know, this is a great gift that you can give your child and yourself to work on this and to work on it together. Um, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know what I thought about when you first introduced this to me, Scott, was there's in Temple Grandin uh, story in, in the movie that HBO did, there's a part where her, I think it's her aunt, takes a bunch of Polaroids of her face to show her what her own face looked like when she was sad or happy or whatever. And she goes through this lengthy thing and there's just a little section in the movie where you know she teaches Temple about her own emotions and I remember being a, a fairly new parent of a, a child on the spectrum when this happened. And I was like, oh, I'm in for a lot of work here. And, if, and, and you know, the things that, that they're teaching on Emoto Play, it's so wonderful based on research that we've been talking about for years, you know, the, the whole idea of video modeling and then going back and letting the person try it themselves and going back to video modeling. We know that's what works. So we don't have to, so, and, and as a parent, you feel overwhelmed, but you don't have to, because you just do this and you click the button and it takes you through it and you don't have to go get a degree in advanced communications. You just sign up and do it. Could I say something? Uh, Jenna, could I, yeah. One of the things that I is interesting, and I'm a little worried about this, that as schools start opening up again and kids start going back to school, particularly autistic kids, you know, a lot of the information about how to get your kid back to a routine to go to school is about routine. We got to deal with the emotions of going back to school. Kids have been at home with their moms or dads or, or, or grandparents or caretakers or whatever. They're going to feel sad when they lose that. They're going to feel scared. They're going to, but I mean, likewise, the parents are going to miss the kid. So it, it, it's it, this whole concept of, of change and how people could say I'm scared or I'm sad. But as a parent, I could say to my son, well, I'm, I'm sad, too, that I'm not going to see you all day, you know, and but that's OK. But if my kid can't tell me he's sad, you know, it, and I'm not picking it up, I'm not going to deal with it because I don't think it's a problem. So this is a way where I don't have to second guess my son. He, he's going to tell me if there's a problem. And, and it, it's it's real important. I, you know, so I 
that's why I just you know, I said, hey, this is you know I could do something in retirement to help people get some good words out of some good products. I like to do that. So, and, and so Scott hook, hooked us up. Yeah. Well, Scott hooked us up, yeah. and so we wanted to have him here with us uh, when we talked with David. So David, thank everybody over there at Emota Play. I want to remind everybody here: go check it out. Do the two week. You know, this is my thing right now is that I, I know we're sort of all like stuck in this thing, but like be willing to try something else, try it for two weeks, see if it's helping you to help your child. Cause this is an important, important thing for the rest of their life, emotions. So go to support at Emotoplay or go to emotoplay.com and um, check it out. And then let us know what you guys think. David, thank you so much. I know it's late at night there. And we're so thrilled that you were able to be with us and that I thought for sure it was your internet that we were going to have a problem with. Little did I know that it's, it's, you know, happening in Chapel Hill, all of the, but Scott, always a thrill to have you here with us. Thank you for turning us on to this great, great product. Thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank, thank you thank so you much for you. having us. Love Enjoy. to both of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, so we've just got um, uh, like a minute and a half here at the end of the show. And I just wanted to share with you guys that tomorrow on the show, we have Vince Redman. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist that joins us regularly. He's going to be with Nancy and I for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. And our topic, I kind of messed up last week because our topic last week was levels of friendship. And because uh, I thought we were having Vince on last week, but it was my fault that I had inverted them and we were having Vince on this week. So Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with him about levels of friendship. Um, this is a lesson that we teach individuals on the autism spectrum, but it's a lesson that we all need to learn, that we have different friends that are, we have different levels of friendship with. So you have your best friend, right? And there are rules that you have with your best friend that might be different than I have with my best friend, but they are for sure different than I have with the next level down of people who are my good friends, right? When we're best friends, you know, certain things are allowed that aren't when we're good friends. And then I have friends that are acquaintances and I have friends, you know, people that I've met and people that are strangers that I don't know and strangers that like first responders that I feel comfortable going up and talking to in a way that I wouldn't go up and talk to another stranger, right? So we teach all of that to our kids and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but also the fact of recognizing what level of friendship are we on? What are the rules there? And that sometimes somebody will behave in a way that moves them up or down on the levels of friendship. Because um, I know our kids struggle with this, but I got to be honest, I think that we as caregivers struggle. I do. I struggle with this and that I learned a lot through how they were teaching my son about this to realize that, oh, you know, this person is not really my friend. This person, you know, is someone that's an acquaintance, doesn't mean that I don't like them, but they're not really a friend. They're not somebody I can trust with the things that I trust a friend with, right? Um, and what we do um, when, when we're moving people around in our, in our levels of friendship and how we deal with the grief of the fact that I feel like they're a best friend, but they did this and that's not what a best friends do. Where does that leave me? Because I think a lot of us go through that, um, it, through the autism spectrum, whether you're the person on the spectrum feeling that way, or you know, you, you're, you're, even your significant other is not on the same page with you um, with autism and how we deal uh, with the, oh, Katrina, we're just ending the show uh, for you. You're in central time, which means that it starts 
at noon your time. Uh, so, but it's recorded, so you're able to watch the whole thing in just a few minutes. Uh, it'll be available to you on YouTube, and by the end of the day, it should be available to you on iTunes and all the other places. And uh, please make sure that you follow us and like us, and we'll have a video for uh, you about that in just one second. I will be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you, too. Bye-bye for now.